Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody. Welcome to No Script, No Problem here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? No Script, No Problem is the show that takes you behind the curtain of unscripted television like never before with insight from some of the best in the business of reality television, documentary series, competition shows, social experiment, game shows, and much more. From Shark Tank to Below Deck to Queer Eye to Naked and Afraid, if it's unscripted, we'll get into it. I am your host, Steve Berkowitz. I'm a 15-year veteran producer of unscripted television. I've done shows like Extreme Makeover Home Edition, BattleBots, OutDaughter, The Rachel Zoe Project, and Pros vs. Joes, among many others. Each week, I talk to colleagues and talent who've made reality television and documentaries not just something you watch on TV, but it's a cultural phenomenon. Now, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate it with five stars. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find it on Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. And you can follow me on Twitter at Steve Berkowitz and Instagram at Steve M. Berkowitz. If you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. So today, calling in and speaking to me remotely uh, during these very odd times, my guest is a true renaissance man. He's a dedicated and gifted host, a carpenter, producer, and an actor. Please welcome Paul DeMeo. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. I've never been called so many things in one breath, but they're all they're all very good. I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, you you've earned all those things, Paul. I mean, what? all very true. Well, one of the advantages of being a little older, Steve. <laughs> you know, we've had we've had the opportunity to live a few years and and put on different hats as as we needed. Paul, you and I know each other. We both, uh, you know, you you did nine seasons uh, as a. I, I guess I was gonna call you a designer, but I will call you a carpenter. And a, and a talent on Extreme Makeover Home Edition. I came on as a producer. Uh, I did season seven and season eight. I was very fortunate to be able to work with you. Um, I then uh, worked on the pilot uh, with you on your show, Building Wild, for National Geographic. We've remained friends. Um, I, I'll never forget my first interview with you on Extreme Makeover Home Edition. Everyone warned me, Paul's the toughest. Just be prepared. And I asked you a very... Basic question, like when you guys surprise the family, what goes through your mind? And you go, you said to me, you said, why are you asking me that question? You're never going to use that question. What the hell? Like you totally tore into me. And I remember thinking this is exactly what they were warning me about. Well, well, in my defense, and I think we were in Ohio, I think our first episode together was in your home state. Am I right? If I recall correctly, we were in Illinois. Illinois. Okay, that's uh, Anthony Domenici would have been the executive yes. producer. Yes, yes, he was. Yes. One of my favorite EPs on the planet. He's the best. I really, really love him. Really, really love him. Um, anyway, so to talk a little, because I think what you're doing here in this podcast, how you're kind of not not pulling back the curtain on reality television, but you're just we're seeing different sides of it, and we're hearing from different people, whether it be Maddie, whether it be Brady. Um, I think it's great what you're doing. And maybe one of the reasons I said that is when we shot at the pilot of Extreme Makeover Home Edition, we shot over 600 minutes to make 43 minutes. That's incredible. And that is incredible. I, 
I remember my other favorite executive producer in the world, Star Price, saying to me, all the things you think you did during this week will never make it to air. It'll be the things that you just did in passing. And that is the truth. That is the truth. It is those up, those those things where maybe your defenses drop down a little bit. Of course, we got better and better at this over nine years, but your defenses drop down and something happens that's very real and they're able they're able to turn that into entertainment. And I, I think that happens in all reality television. I think that's what folks are looking for. They're looking for that touch of of reality. To take a step back, so you 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 were a trained actor, you know, off Broadway. You did you know you were on Guiding Light and you know did a did a job yeah, on. Yeah, I did a lot of extra yeah, stuff. Yeah. I got to tell you, Steve, I must not have been too good because uh, <laughs> my it was my carpentry skills that kept me alive and living throughout my 13 years in New York and many years here in Los Angeles. But I was always doing theater at night and uh, whether it was building sets first in New York, uh, that took me from uh, college in Pittsburgh to New York, or uh, then getting doing off-Broadway and being a production stage manager for the Yiddish theater and, and doing all kinds of stuff to pay the rent, uh, it did all come come in very handy once Extreme Makeover Home Edition started. What uh, drew you to carpentry originally? I always loved building things since I was a little kid. Uh, our house burnt down at a very young age, and my dad had to kind of finish rebuilding it. And at five years old, I was by his side, tugging on his sleeve, saying, you know, how can I help? How can I help? And uh, he was good with his hands, and, you know, hound dogs have hound dog puppies. and. I'm just one of the puppies of a guy who liked to build and liked to to keep himself busy, and uh, it stuck. So, so, and I was able to make a living at it. You know, even yeah. in, in good times, you're able to make a living, and in bad times, you're right. able to make a living. Right. When Extreme Makeover Home Edition comes about, were you shocked that all of a sudden you get this call about a a big network show on ABC and they need a carpenter and a bunch of designers are getting together, like? Tell me a little bit about that, how that came to be, how you got involved in the show. So I was, I was bidding on a job for Star Price, who, one of the creators of Penn & Teller Bullshit, but he, at that time, he was the co-EP of, of a show called Space Invaders. That was the name of the show that <laughs> Endemol was pitching to ABC. Oh, got that it. That was the working title. Got it. And... Star said, hey, you know what? You should come and, and audition for this show that I'm working on. It's a, We're going to be remodeling a house, and we're going to do it quickly, and so on and so forth. So I went home, and I talked to my wife. And I think I had just finished doing Waiting for Godot in, like, Palace Verdes. Okay. And it's like, really? We're going to go from Waiting for Godot to reality television? So you <laughs> go and, you know, have fun, see what happens. So I started the process of inter of, of uh the, the interviews and the auditioning for this show, Space Invaders. And I kept, I don't think people liked me too much, but Star kept asking me to come back. Okay. And finally, at the end, after a few weeks, they, Star says outside of the audition room, listen, they have not found anyone and everyone is playing it really straight in there. 
So, you know, heighten the reality a little bit. So I walked in there and there were all these papers and they said, hey, I think even Ty was in that audition. And so this was was before it was even like to the ABC level. This is still at the production company level at Endemol. Is that correct? Correct. Though I do believe Andrea Wong was in that room. Okay. All right. So I had done my homework and knew who was in the front of the room. I knew Andrea was there. I knew Tom Foreman was there. I knew Star was there. And a couple other people from Endemol. Anyway, I kind of shook it up a little and they asked me, okay, what we're going to do is just like in It's a Wonderful Life, the gym floor is going to open up and it's going to reveal a, a pool. I said, well, you can do all that with, with uh, um, hydraulics and, and sure, sure, no problem, not a problem. And they said, and we're going to do it in seven days. I said, not with fucking me. And I walked out the door. <laughs> and I got the call. So going in, the interesting thing, going into that pilot, we never knew it was going to be feel-good television. Right. No one ever knew. We just kind of caught lightning lightning in a bottle. Conrad Ricketts, who um, was another co-EP and did a lot of a lot of work to make Extreme happen. As you know, he would yeah. him go and he would find the builders and he would help find families and so on and so forth. He traveled all over this country doing this. Uh, happened to find this house in Santa Clarita and the little girl had leukemia. So instead of getting all these people together and having them argue about what color we're going to paint the wall, well, that all went out the window. You know, we all stepped up and did our jobs and said, what can we do through design, through build, to make this work for this family, for the Powers family? So as producers, and you know this, as producers, we're trying to feed things like, hey, is so-and-so hooking up with so-and-so? And and is (laughs) ba-ba-ba, ba-ba-ba, you know, we're saying... I, I have no idea. We have seven days to do this job, and we're trying to do it. So that's how it really came to to be what it what it was, you know. And then five minutes before the family came home, we said, "How are we going to reveal this?" And I I don't know who it was, but someone came up with the idea: we'll blindfold them until they're behind the bus, and then take the blindfold off, and then we'll move the bus. <laughs> Oh, you love it. The best ideas happen spur of the moment. Exactly. So that's the story of the, the, I mean, I'm sure, and listen, I'm only telling this from a talent's point of view. Sure. You know, I am not telling this from Tom, Tom Foreman's point of view or from ABC's point of view, though I know they were very happy. (laughs) Well, obviously. You know. Yes, obviously. obviously. Yes. I think we still air in 67 countries. So, well, then that's a good place to follow up because how did that feel when the show became a massive hit? What was that like for you? Well, for me, so I'm a little bit older. I've, I've had some wonderful, wonderful mentors and teachers throughout my, my wonderful life. Uh, I wanted to keep a level head and the way for me to keep a level head, at least for those first five years was to continue to do the work, just do the work that's asked of me. Meet with a little child. If they like Spider-Man, we're going to do a Spider-Man room. And get in there and build the Spider-Man room. That's, 
that's why I believe it worked so well for those first five years, because we really, all of us were committed to doing the work. Yeah. Uh, whether, it, whether it's me, whether it's Michael, Tracy, Preston, um, you know, Ty's a little different. Ty, Ty was the host of the show. He had a lot of work to do to make the television show. Correct. Correct. You know that. He, yes. I mean, he had a yes. lot of, yeah, and we were shooting two simultaneously. You know, he had to see that the exposition of Extreme Makeover Home Edition was covered. Yeah, I mean, I would As, say I would say that from a hosting standpoint, it was a very difficult job if you compare what he did to a lot of other hosts, simply because he's doing two shows at a time. He's traveling back and forth across the country. And it was, if you think about it, like just keeping track of a family story um, was was tough enough, and to understand the design of two homes was was uh, a lot. Um, That's right. And I always it was. felt it like was a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, continue. And then I got you know I got to work with all these folks who they would bring in. Whether it, you know in the later years it was Mrs. Obama, but you know Jewel was there in the beginning. Leanne Rhymes was there in the beginning. A, a lot of folks. What I take away from Extreme Makeover Home Edition those nine years is that community effort. And in a world now that is so divided, I wonder, and I always, I ask myself, and when we get together and talk, we ask, you know, do you remember that division? No, I have no, no concept of, I've, I've built a home in every state in the nation. Never do I remember a, a, a political division that was keeping us from doing what it is that we needed to do because we all focused in on this one thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was, we, you know? we were... We were a unified team, and it was a unified community every place we yeah. went. I, I mean, and I got to see humanity yeah. at on its best behavior yeah. every week, Steve. I mean, you know. Yeah. You did it for two years. For nine years, I got to see people going above and beyond uh, what's asked of them to, do a, to, to, to help someone. It was phenomenal. And, and when we had those right families, when we had a family that was in need, that needed something, or we went to an area that was devastated, which were the hardest ones, because now you have to find one family that's going to tell the story of Katrina. How do you do that? Right. How that's do you, tough. How yeah. do you find one story to tell, you know, the story of Sandy? You can't, you know? Right. Yeah. So those episodes, and which were always my favorite, were those ones that, and I just, you know, it was just the 10-year uh, 10 anniversary of the Lighthouse School in Nashville. I don't know if you worked that episode. Yeah, I did. I was in Nashville. Yeah. Okay. So the Sweat families, I just did a thing for a video for them. They just had, it was, it was 10 years ago that that flood went through, and that we built a school, you Correct. know, and we found yeah. a family, we found this beautiful family that could be the face of that school. And, you know, in, in New Orleans during when we did, the, went in right after Katrina, you know, we found firefighters, we found another school, we found those kinds of stories that didn't just give one family queen for a day. I know, obviously nine, nine seasons that you, you met a lot of amazing families, but is there a specific family that you've stayed in touch with that really, or many families that you've stayed in touch with that really uh sticks out as as uh one that has yeah. touched you yes um camp barnabas the tease family in purdy missouri barnabas can't say so camp barnabas Bar st barnabas is the 
is the patron saint of encouragement. Here are two folks that started a kind of a summer camp that each week brings in different kids of, of special needs. So one week it'll be the blind, one week it'll be all kids with cerebral palsy. It'll be so, and then those, the, uh, the guidance counselors, the counselors are all brothers and sisters of those, ch of those children. So they know how to handle that kind of, of, uh, of need. So we went there and we built them. That was a that was one of my favorite episodes. And Lighthouse Christian School is, you know, whenever we would do a school, something like that that touched touched more than just one family. It touched, you know, after I'm dead and gone, you know, they're going to still having kids going through those classrooms that we were yeah. part of. Yeah. That to me is that's that's really we've done our job. You also got to go to a lot of interesting places, experience some really cool things. You went to the FBI. Yes. So tell me. I did. Yeah. What were I some of your really, the, yeah, some of your fun experiences you got to do on Extreme Makeover Home? So Mission? I got to go to Quantico and, you know, I got to go through a couple of things. I was there for about eight hours. Me and Sammy. Sammy was another one of the producers. Sammy Aziz, and, who's now, yes, yep, gone on yep, to Shark Tank. Now he's, now he's on Shark Tank and... I think he just also did a, a the Jeopardy. He was just working on Jeopardy too. Uh, we got to go there for about eight hours, and I got to drive cars that they would lift the wheels up so you would skid out. Um, I got to crash in some doors. I got to meet with the head of the FBI and and pilfer a couple of things for the room that I was doing. That was a really really cool. I got to go up in a C one thirty. In in Fort Campbell. Okay. Uh, I got to throw out the first pitch at your Cincinnati Reds. Wait, you never told me that one. I did. I got to do that, which was a lot of fun. I got to do one of those in Philadelphia. I got to play in the All-Star game. Uh, I showered. I showered with... <laughs> with you sure you want to say uh, this? You sure? Dave Winfield, Bo Jackson... Ozzy Smith and Steve Garvey. We were all in the shower together. <laughs> and what was great, Thank Steve, you for that is image. these guys, that's, that's all terrific. these guys knew Extreme Makeover Home Edition. They knew Extreme Makeover. And I was lucky because yeah. the, the guy I was on Extreme, it was really the guy I am, but I kind of was the blue collar part of that. I, yeah. wasn't, I wasn't a designer. I wasn't the host. I was just the guy who would build things, kind of make people laugh and cry. That was my job. This is true. And so those folks, they liked me. You know, they liked me. I could make them laugh and they would say, you know, it, so, so it was always, you know, Charles Barkley. I'll never, I'm a huge Charles Barkley fan. Yes. I'm a Philadelphia boy. And, you know, we... I got to play in the Jimmy V golf tournament, you know, raising awareness for, for, you know, for cancer, uh, for cancer. And Charles was there and I really wanted to meet Charles. And, you know, it's so hard when you're, you know, you're meeting your heroes, you're meeting your, your, your people that you've always wanted to meet and they're excited to meet you. That's what was so cool. Now, what was great about Charles is he just pushed me to the side 
and went over to my wife Kelly and said, "I missed you so much," which was you know typical Charles, and that's <laughs> it was perfect, you know, absolutely perfect. I got to work with a bunch of firefighters down in Texas, where at one of their training facilities, uh, which has now become a, a big, big right outside of College Station. Um, so I got to put out a big oil rig and, and got to be in full, you know, tanks and the whole nine yards turnout gear. They gave me, I still have my turnout gear that they gave me. Uh, the other turnout gear I, I gave to firefighters here during the California fires because yeah. I figured they could use it. Uh, you didn't, you, I, you did a, a, a segment with Derek Jeter, right? I did twice. I did twice. I did, uh, segments with Derek Jeter. And then when I did the all-star game in Kansas city, I was doing a, a thing for Habitat for Humanity who does the work that extreme does every fucking day. Indeed every they do. Every day. Yeah. Um, and he came up and gave me a big hug, really a great, a great guy. You know, there were some athletes that were Chris Weber was unbelievable. Uh, when we went, I got to play basketball with the Indiana Pacers during, um, is there footage uh, of that? Paul George's first, first season, right? His first, uh, he was a, a he was, rookie there. Yeah. Right? He was so good. Yeah. So still, good. So I got is, to play yeah. bat. I got to play basketball with him and it was really cool because one of the things I know that our producers wanted to do was to talk to Larry Bird and Larry said, no. These are the boys who get all the. These are the boys who you need to be talking to, and took me down to the, the court. Nice, nice. Uh, which was was great. Why do you think that there was such fanfare amongst? You're, you're talking about some of the best athletes in the world. I mean, you just named several of the greatest athletes in the world, if not all time. Why do you think there was such fan, fanfare for the show? I think it struck a nerve. I think extreme makeover. I think. In the beginning, that moment of move the bus is, you know, is I, I just think it was something that we needed. It was it was something that we needed. It's hard when you're part of it, you know, because there are so many times you become cynical. Yes. You know? Yeah. And I would. I I, I I'm human, you know. There are so many times a producer says, Hey, I need you to do it again. What do you mean you need to do it again? <laughs> you know? What the hell? What? <laughs> but, but you know, you know that family of 65 who traveled, who traveled around the country, we were like a family. And, yes. And a highly dysfunctional family, but, but a family yes. nonetheless. Yes. You know, and I mean, for seasons, what, two, three, four, and five, I think 15, 17 million people were tuning in on Sunday yeah. nights. Yeah. If you could be there for those moments, if you could be there for when, you know, 5,000 people were cheering, move that bus and the bus moves. And you really, you you realize that you've just, you've changed someone's life. You know, that's, that's pretty cool. There was something special about looking on, on that final day when you would arrive and you would see that massive crowd of the, like the entire community there. That, that was like, uh, you know, that would give me a little chill. And we haven't even touched on this, but for everyone who ever donned that blue shirt, they they were part of it too. Yeah, you know they we couldn't have done it without them. We certainly couldn't have done it without the builders, who many of those 
folks I still keep in touch with, whether it be Sal Farrow, whether it be Matt Plaskoff, um, whether it be KB Holmes. It was, you know, we had we had a lot, a lot of builders over those years that over those nine years, over 200 homes that helped us out. Yeah. Yeah. Great people. Really great people. Yeah. Um, all right. I want to talk a little bit about Building Wild, which is another show that you starred on. And this one was really special. It was you and your main man, Tuffy. Um, and you guys were building some incredible cabins out in the middle of nowhere, uh, really overcoming nature um, and all kinds of obstacles, and especially some terrible weather uh, to build really incredibly beautiful cabins and somewhere like out on the water, um, somewhere hanging over cliffs. Um, but it was a really cool show that was, I would call it ahead of its time because now you have a lot of shows and you've seen a lot of shows where people are building in extreme elements um, or building off the grid. Building Wild was uh, on National Geographic. It was on for two seasons and I was a big fan. I did the pilot with you. I thought it was great. Tell me a little bit about your experience on Building Wild, what you liked about it, what you remember the most. So what I really liked about it, number one, was Papakaitis, who was toughy. Uh, and I still call him once a month and we talk. Just uh, opposite ends of the opposite ends of the of the world, him and I. You yes. know, I come from the big city. He is a country man through and through. He is a hunter, he is a gatherer, he eats squirrel, he uh, he he smokes those apple cigars that you buy right before you leave the grocery market. The hell <laughs> I don't even I can't even remember what they yes. what, they're what you used to smoke when you were a kid. I um, uh, oh the Swisher Sweets? The Swisher Sweets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh just a great, great human being, great heart, and learned so much from him. Talk when it comes to heavy equipment, there's as you know, Steve, there is no one who moves a, a backhoe or a excavator or whatever it is like him. It's he he moves uh, an excavator the way Tom Brady throws a football. The way Dr. Jay moves to the, yeah. through the lane. You couldn't have given Carson me something. Was something. He, Carson Wentz was busy getting hurt. I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> I would have taken something. I would have taken a, a Joe Morgan. I you know yes, what I mean? now we're talking Joe Morgan. There you go. The way Joe Morgan <laughs> feels yeah. a ground ball. Yeah. No, tough. He, he really was. He was the first person that I saw that almost made – Okay, I says he's a rough around the edges guy, but he had an elegance the way he moved construction equipment. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And the other thing I really, what I really loved about that, so I'm coming off this huge network show, ABC, Disney, right? End them all. And I'm going to a small production company doing a National Geographic where the crew went from 65 to 7. And... There are no trailers. None. I got spoiled on Extreme Makeover. We Home both Edition. did. We both did. The catering was, you know, top ramen for the most part. <laughs> but <laughs> what I got to do was put my belt back on and go to work. Yes, really go to work. You I did. mean, I worked my ass off on 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 those twenty builds, and I think it showed. And I think that's what made it a what. Well, I think what made it a great show is the fact that me and Pat, me and Tuffy, were doing the work. You, I had to tell you on that pilot to take a break. That's how hard you were working. Yeah. I did, yeah, I had to tell you. That pilot really was 
a great like it, it's a, a lesson for me. It was a lesson for me as a producer in terms of how to do a pilot. We had a truck flip over. We had a four wheeler flip over. You know, we had camera operator fall through ice. I learned a lot in terms of there's things that you can prepare for. And then there's things that happen that are great. And you just got to roll with the punches and make them even better when you get to post. Yeah. I mean, that first day of shooting when I was in that, and I don't know what you call those forerunner type things. Oh, uh, yes. Um, now, listen, nine years on Extreme Makeover Home Edition, outside of pulling my back out one time, maybe spraining an ankle, I never really hurt myself. You know, I mean, I, uh, safety is a big thing. I got all my fingers. I got all my toes. Day one of Building Wild, the, the, uh, he flips Jason, who we were building the cabin for, flips that, that thing. Now, it's got a cage on it, and I rolled over, and I'm thinking, wow, I hope they got that on camera, realizing there weren't any cameras. It's all on these GoPros. We're now shooting things with GoPros. Remember? Yes. Yes, I do. I t actually, I kind of forgot. I remembered the truck flipping over. I remembered we had a four-wheeler that kind of that flipped over, but I'd forgotten, because we didn't get it on camera, that you were riding basically from point A to point B with yes. one of the, the cast members that we were building the cabin for. You were just riding what was supposed to be casually. Uh, and yes, you guys flipped. Oh, and the mud, that Vermont and upstate New York mud. And that weather was brutal. Brutal. It was so cold that at one point, you know, we had built a fire outdoors. We were, you know, and <laughs> so, again, you said we were spoiled on Extreme Makeover Home Edition. I got too close to the fire. <laughs> <laughs> and I burned my pants. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was. It I'll was. Tell you. Yeah, it was not an easy show. But yeah, like I, I think you, you look at some of those designs that you guys did, and it was, it was really, really amazing what you pulled off in such, in such extreme conditions. We always have these designs, as you know. Yes. Uh, and you have to give these folks credit because they do so much of the work. We have design producers that are helping us. You know, they're, they're getting the things we need. They're, they're designers, you know, yeah. again, I'm not a designer. Actually, Tuffy's more of a designer when it comes, you know, he's the designer, like the guy in, in, um, uh, beauty and the beast with the antlers who builds everything out of antlers. That's, <laughs> that's Pat Bacitis. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. he could build. Yeah, he exactly. And he can also start a fire with, you know, a rock and uh, uh, a twig. I mean, he's just that guy. He's also he's the, the guy, guy that eats the donut that just fell in the mud. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. So let's finish this up. What are you going to watch during this time where it's just you and, and your wife, Kelly? What are you guys going to watch um, to, to eat up the time? Okay, so I'm so bad. I'm so bad that you do this because I watch stuff over and over and over again. Okay. So I watch, you know, the first five seasons of uh, The West Wing. I'm going to watch Breaking Bad again. Okay. I'll watch, I do want to watch The Wire. I've never seen The Wire, so I want to watch The Wire. Those are the things. Okay. 
but those are the things I'm going to watch. All right. Uh, that's uh, Those are all good choices. I, I'm a huge Breaking Bad fan, and okay, I have to admit this. I am with you. I, I'm one of the few people. I'm glad that you're, you're joining me in this. I also have not seen The Wire. So maybe I will no, join so you I'm in that. No, so I'm going to watch that. Yeah, maybe I'll. Uh, I'm, you know. My wife just yelled at me. We have been watching a little bit of Star Trek Next Generation. Okay. So Captain Picard. All right. You know. I like these. I like these. You know, men and women who put me at ease. You know, whether yeah. it's President Bartlett or whether it's Jean Luc Picard or, ah, yeah, you know, uh, maybe not so much Larry, uh, Larry David. Larry David, but yeah, he makes me laugh, man. I did watch like five episodes of Curb the other night. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, look, man. Thank you for taking time and talking to me. I know that these are unusual times and. You know, I, I do appreciate it, and uh, I think this is important for us all to stay connected as best we can, even though we can't really see each other. Well, I, yeah, I, Steve, the same, the same. I know, uh, uh, and I got, I got to tell you how much I've always appreciated you. Where your first question usually was, "Just tell me what's happening," which is always nice when someone doesn't say, "This is what I need you to say." Yeah. You always allowed us to say what we were thinking and that, that i think that that's great producing well thank you and i uh, yeah i mean you guys were you in particular but uh, you know everybody that show made me a better producer and no i was the best steve of course i'm the favorite i'm everyone's favorite this forget the rest of them that's forget true. michael forget <laughs> tracy <laughs> <laughs> oh god all right all my right. friend thank you stay right. safe and um, i'll talk to you, you soon too. yeah peace okay. And that wraps up another edition of No Script, No Problem. For everybody listening, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate it with five stars. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find it at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. And you can follow me on Twitter at Steve Berkowitz and Instagram at Steve M. Berkowitz. Please remember to rate it with five stars and write a question if you have one so I can answer it on the show. You can email me a question as well using no script, no problem podcast at gmail.com. If you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Thanks to Mike DeLay and Real Voice LA for use of the studio. And thank you for listening. Until next time, stay safe out there, everybody. I'm Steve Berkowitz for No Script, No Problem. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.